You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. We don't have as many phone calls today, so hopefully we'll be able to rip through this one pretty quick. I'm counting 11. I did just post on uh, the Twitters, and it's a little bit early. But um, as of right now, uh, we should be able to get through these kind of quick. I have no comment on the quality, only the urgency. Here we go. First caller, what up? Hey, Ryan. Hold on. Turn it up. Turn it up. I know that you've already hit on the overreaction to George Pickens having a decent day in preseason already a bit. But since listening to your podcast this morning, so it's only been about an hour, I've seen about 10 more overreactions of people saying he's going to be the best wide receiver in the league, yep. the best wide receiver drafted this year, Packers fans losing their minds because, oh, my God, we passed up on him. It's going to be another T.J. Watt situation. And to that, I just have to say R-E-L-A-X. Relax, guys. We haven't even seen what Christian Watson can do yet. Romeo Dobbs had a fantastic day. Yes, he had a drop that turned into an interception. But it wasn't totally on him. And let's remember that last year, Newman had a 90-plus overall grade for the entire preseason. And he struggled. So, and on the opposite end of the spectrum, Jamar Chase looked like complete trash in the preseason. He was garbage. Couldn't catch anything. Couldn't do anything. He was worthless. I think even up through week one, it was like this guy's a complete joke. And ended the year as one of the top wide receivers in football. Don't take so much out of the preseason. This is giving us, you know, a baseline of some sort where we can kind of understand if they're going to have the potential to be a good player or not, but this is not definitive, especially three receptions. Anyway, I want to hear your thoughts on Zach Tom and how the Packers are putting him all over the line already. He is getting lots of time with the ones, not always starting out there, but getting rotated in quite a bit. And he had a decent performance on Friday. So I really just want to hear you get geeked out about him. That's all. Um, yeah, so I think 
I actually did a video and I'm not sure what to do with it. It's just kind of sitting on my computer right now, but I just needed to say something because it was starting to drive me nuts. Um, the Pickens thing, but also just overreactions in general. I, I, I was perusing through and I saw a bunch of stuff on Jaquan Brisker. And I even said Jaquan had a decent day, but I looked at his PFF grade. It wasn't great. And then I saw, I think it was Justin Reed posted this thing with like three highlights of him. And I just kind of watched it in slow motion. And I thought on all three of those plays, so what? So what? Way too many times. And it it absolutely drives me nuts. And sometimes it's confirmation bias. And sometimes it's just people being stupid. And again, I'm not a film guy, but I'm also not completely an idiot. There are way too many times, for example, a person will make a play and they get credit simply for making a play without having any thought as to the context of the play. For example, a quarterback, let's just say there's a rookie quarterback out there and he throws completely off his back foot with somebody in his face and throws it for a touchdown. Is that a great play? Sounds like a great play. But what if I told you he basically just lobbed a ball up into the end zone and ended up being a 50-50 ball that should have been picked, but somehow the wide receiver made a miraculous play and caught it? I'll give the wide receiver credit, but you're just throwing up lob passes in the end zone. That's what you did. That's the end of your contribution. It being a touchdown had nothing to do with you. You threw the ball off your back foot and threw it up into the air, and somebody else on your team came down with it. I'm not giving you credit the same way I would Aaron Rodgers falling away and throwing a dart in the corner of the end zone where only the wide receiver can catch it. That's a miraculous throw. Throwing with your eyes closed a bomb at the end zone and hoping somebody comes down with it and somebody happened to is not the same thing. And so you got these things with Jaquan Brisker where, you know, he made these three plays. Okay. Well, Jaquan on the first play, he tackled somebody in the backfield. Wow, that sounds impressive. What, uh, what, what happened? Well, he was lined up way out wide. As soon as the ball was snapped, he blitzed. I don't know if it was supposed to be a run blitz or a pass blitz or what it was, but he just immediately started running toward the backfield. And the running back got caught in the backfield. He had nowhere to go. And nine seconds went by as him standing around back there because there's nowhere for him to go. And Jaquan came up and tackled him. Okay. What did he do that was special on that play? Well, nothing. But he happened to make a tackle. It's not a special play at all. There's not a single safety in the entire NFL that would not have been able to make that play. He got a free run that, that, was, that took about five seconds in total. A free run at a running back and wrapped him up and tackled him. The next play seemed kind of impressive. He, he undercut it through and almost picked it off. But upon further review, he's running, the, the quarterback is running to one side of the field and staring on the opposite side of the field for about five seconds, just staring and staring and staring. And Jaquan is staring at the quarterback, waiting to see what he's going to do. He's staring, staring, staring. And as soon as he kind of indicates he's about to throw with his body posture, Jaquan starts running in that direction. And so by the time the ball actually gets there, because he's throwing not only across his body, but across the entire field, go figure, Jaquan Brisker happened to get there the same time the ball did. Again, I don't know what's special about that. If you're watching a quarterback telegraph to you that he's, he's looking in that direction only, and then he starts to cock his arm, what is he going to do, stand there? What, what is the alternative that most safeties would do that Jaquan didn't do because he's a special talent? There's nothing. He saw a quarterback about to throw the ball and ran to where the ball was going to be thrown, and then he dropped the interception. Congratulations, first ballot Hall of Famer. And the next play was even more ridiculous. He's a safety in the middle of the field. Somebody catches a pass on the defensive right side of the field. There's a guy making a tackle. Jaquan comes up and smokes the guy right in the head. Probably should have been a penalty, but it wasn't. But basically, he helped a guy tackle a guy. Wow. Amazing. There's another video of N'Kobe Dean. And it was just gushing over how great, I mean, the, the play recognition of N'Kobe Dean. And you watch this thing in slow motion. He didn't do anything. 
There's, he's a linebacker. There's a wide open gaping hole. He stood there, stared at the hole, watched as one of his teammates try to ta- make a tackle from, from behind, slowly creeps his way into this hole, which I don't know why he didn't just shoot. I mean, if he'd have shot through the hole to begin with, he'd have made a tackle in the backfield, but he's just kind of hanging there. He slowly creeps his way up, doesn't try to help his teammate make a tackle at all, watches his teammate try to make a tackle. He doesn't. He falls off. And right as he comes off, that's when N'Kobe Dean goes in and decides to tackle the guy. The gushing over nonsense is out of control. Now, Pickens seemed to have a good day. And uh, yeah, it was a penalty, and it should not have been ruled a touchdown. That should have been taken away from him because he clearly pushed off to such a degree that the defender was actually falling backwards and flailing his arms. I don't know how you run forward and fall backwards out of nowhere unless somebody pushed you. Maybe the guy that had his hand in his chest pushed a little bit. I don't know. That's just speculation on my part. But either way, he got the initial separation. The quarterback was late with the ball, so he had to slow down. He pushed the guy back, and then he made a, a, a nice over, you know, over-the-shoulder catch, got both feet down. He did his job. No reason to gush over that. Three receptions, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Who cares? Anyways, Zach Tom. Sometimes I think you guys have a good, good um, ability to foreshadow what I'm talking about tomorrow. Because this thought came to me as I was going through some of the performances in tomorrow's episode about um, what some of the guys did. And I realized that Zach Tom might have been the best offensive player on the entire offensive line. You know, I mean, you had like Josh Myers had an elite run blocking grade. Uh, Other guys had great grades in one category or the other. Nobody was as good in both categories as Zach Tom. And, And the thought occurred to me as I was saying it, maybe this is what the coaches have been seeing since day one that has catapulted him way up the depth chart to where they've got him on first team tackle, first team guard. They've got him trying everything. They keep talking about, well, we're trying all these different combinations. No, you're trying Zach Tom at a bunch of different combinations, because I think you're trying to push him on this roster as quickly and as forcefully as you possibly can. I don't know if there's a spot for Zach Tom, but I think they really like him. And, and the, the reason I brought it up is because every time you look at it, again, you don't want to overreact. He had one good day. Maybe the next week is a bad one. Plus, it's preseason. You never really know. But maybe, just maybe, the one guy on this entire offensive line that had a great day blocking as a run blocker and pass blocker Maybe that's not a fluke. Maybe that's not a coincidence. Maybe this guy's just really freaking good at his job. And we just got a glimpse of that. So that's my thoughts on Zach Tom. Hey, Ryan. It's Blake's dad. Um, had something, something I had to say. Um, I know you're not big into chess, but I taught my girlfriend how to play chess about five or six months ago. Now she beats me every time. Oof. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> it's a little frustrated, but I'm also happy that I taught somebody how to be good at it. Yeah. Um, what do you got for me? Have you ever been in a situation like that? Later. I don't know if I've got a situation like that with my wife in particular. That would be kind of rough. Uh, you could try that angle. Like you're, such, like you're so good at chess that you're actually like a master teacher. And you, you taught her so well because you're so good that she's, she's like and this dominant chess player now. That's the best thing I could really think. Otherwise, stop playing chess with your wife. Find a new hobby. And I know there's going to be a lot of people, oh, you should be secure enough in your manhood, blah, blah, blah. No, no, I'm sorry. This will ruin a marriage. <laughs> Blaine tried to make a, uh, one of his favorite dishes, and it was horrible. And his wife tried it, tried to make it. And it was like the best he'd ever had. They're, they're, they are barely pulling through. So try a new game. 
you know, try to try to find a game that's a little bit more chance, not skill, because you know, maybe she's just smarter than you, man. It could just be a chess specific thing, but you don't want to have to find out that she's just way smarter than you are. You know, like you find out like you've got an eighty-five IQ, she's like one forty. Now you're gonna feel emasculated in your own marriage, and she's better than me. And what if she's gonna find somebody better? You know what I mean? And you just you don't want to have to go there. So play stupid games, play life. That's just random chance. You just roll, or you spin the spinner, and it tells you how many spots to move. So maybe just one time, muster up the strength to turn to your wife and say, you know what, you're better at me than this, let's find a new game. Because it's not even fun anymore. Got to be that way with my buddy in Madden. He was he was just so much better, well, he was better at, at video games in general, because he. this was in that era where like people started taking games super seriously and wanted to be like professional gamers and all that, and he was one of those guys, and I just couldn't play games with him anymore. Like, I was very, I mean, I played games all day long, but I was very casual about it. It was just fun. It was a relax, it's just relaxing for me. I don't want to turn it into a competition. It was never fun when you try to do that stuff. Like, I'm not trying to beat things in a certain time. I'm just trying to zone out, man. That's it. I'm trying to turn the world off. I'm de-stressing, not adding stress. I'm trying to be the 10th best in the world and all that. Get this out of my face, dude. So I just, I'm not playing Madden with him anymore. And I played Halo with him like twice. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, I, I can't even walk for three seconds without you shooting me in the face and killing me i don't even is this even fun for you and then he laughs hysterically and says yes i'm like all right great well i'll let you kill me twice more and then i we got to do something else so that's my recommendation find a new hobby that doesn't involve you feeling dumb that's what i would do hello ryan schlup this is thomas austin what up calling yep uh so Yesterday's episode, you were complaining a lot about not having questions. Well, I got five here for us. Okay. Also, got to clarify something as well when it comes to uh, Scuba Steve calling in. He was talking to himself like a crazy person saying that, yeah. you know, he was your favorite call-in person. Which, <laughs> I mean, that's just bonkers. Yeah. Anyway, uh, a couple questions. First up, topic is food. You know the way to my I got heart. five questions. First, first one, like I said, topic, food. Yep, got it. What is better, Yeah. a nice grilled steak or a nice rack of ribs, barbecued, of course. <sighs> also, my steak was really good. Nice. I loved it. Well done. Second question. So, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I know a lot of people say steak is the obvious answer here. It's not so obvious for me, and it might just depend on the day. Um, I can't say for sure that my best rib experience is as good as my best steak experience, but I, I love ribs so much, so much. It appeals to just everything. Steak, steak is great because it just tastes amazing. You know, melts in your mouth. The flavor is just, it's just perfect. You get the melted, whatever confection butter thing. It's, it's just, it's to die for, but ribs, man. Not only is the flavor amazing, and, and you get like the tenderness and the flavors there, and then you get the barbecue sauce, which you can kind of experiment with. You can use your favorite barbecue sauce. It's messy, and you can be a glutton. Like, if you want to kill an entire rack, go for it. It's just, it's, it's, and it's the smells, although there's nothing wrong with a grilled steak smell. The experience of trying to get like a perfect rib, like smoking it, you know, it's a big, long process. I, ah. <sighs> I, I might very slightly lean ribs. I might have to do that. 
But if you put a steak down in front of me and I eat it, I'm going to punch myself in the face for saying that because it, uh, there's there's very few things in the world better than just a perfectly cooked steak. So I, I guess it depends on how you want to answer the question. What's a better bite a steak? What's a better experience overall? I might lean ribs. Second question, second topic, Packers slash NFL. Who was, who has been, I should say, the best second string quarterback for the Packers since Rodgers has taken over? Question number three. That's Flynn, right? It's got to be Flynn. I don't think that's debatable. I don't really want to look it up, but I, it's got to be Flynn for sure. Movies, film, TV, cinema, series, whatever. All right. If you haven't watched Game of Thrones. I don't. I suggest doing so. A lot of people will say the last two seasons are trash. That's the opinion. Mostly correct. However, there's a new series coming out with the dragons. That looks fun. Okay. I give that a suggestion. Okay. So who or what is your favorite movie dragon? No. Um... I can't think of too many dragon movies that I actually like. Not into dragon stuff. Um, I did just watch the first Lord of the Rings again. I got into the second one. There happened to be a dragon. Um, nothing really super interesting about the dragon. So I'm going to have to go with the um, very obvious answer, at least for me, and that's Falcor from Neverending uh, Never Story. Absolutely love that movie. It's another one where it's like I, I know I can't go back and watch it because I'm positive it's not going to hold up. But man, was I obsessed with that movie. So Falco from The NeverEnding Story is the right answer. Up, I can't read my own writing now, so okay. I'm just going to freestyle this real quick. Here we go. Uh, rank these music uh, genres. Okay. Pop, rock, hip-hop, and country. Pop, rock, hip-hop, and country. Um, rock is probably my favorite then it would see i don't it'd probably be hip hop then pop then country maybe country then pop i don't know i i the genres all kind of like i'm sure there's some like michael jackson i loved michael jackson back in the day obviously that's pop so as much as i want to be like i don't really like pop music it's just popular and i'm sure there's been a lot of pop music that i've actually really liked as much as it sounds stupid so i think that's the order I've always grown up being into all different kinds of rock my what my dad listened to so classic rock 70s. I grew up with 80s and 90s, Metallica, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Hip hop was when I was younger, I didn't like it. Right? It wasn't like with my friends group, it wasn't the cool thing to do. And then we kind of had like the gateway drugs of when like that rap rock era had like Limp Biscuit and stuff. And again, within our friends group, that wasn't that wasn't like the cool thing to live. But there was kind of like a I don't know, man. That kind of kind of dig that a little bit. And then I don't know when the official switch happened. I have, I really don't remember because I really like, I mean, for example, in college, everybody kind of had like their thing. My thing was Biggie. I don't know why. I don't know how that became my thing, but it's just, that's just what I was listening to, I guess, most of the time. But I know like through high school and stuff, I was listening to, and, and most of my friends group and stuff that were anti-rap when we were younger was doing the same thing. Like he was trying to sell me on the, uh, how great Nas was. I wasn't a huge fan, but it was all about the lyrics and I don't really care about the lyrics care about the music. I don't listen to the lyrics. I don't really want to know. I mean, unless it just like punches you in the mouth, like some of the Biggie and Tupac stuff where it's just out in your face. Can't repeat any of it, but you know what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, rock, rap, pop, country.
rank those four. And then last, um, I'll do NFL again. Give me your top ten current wide receivers in the NFL. Bye. I think the answer is just going to be no. <laughs> that's, that's just a lot of work, man. Um, you know, Devontae's up there. Justin Jefferson's up there. I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is still there. I haven't checked in with him in a while. Pro- maybe, probably. Debo is probably up there. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to poke around. In the NFC North, it's just Justin Jefferson, and that's it. But hopefully, some new arrivals here with Watson and Dobbs. We'll see how that goes. Ryan, I'm disgusted to find out that you think Corvettes are stupid. <laughs> have you even seen a Corvette C8 before? Let's I mean, see. dollar for horsepower, Google. and they're still competitive with all of the uh, foreign supercars. I don't know, man. I think you have, like, this idea of Corvettes in your mind that are, like, from 1980s when they suck. No, no, I'm but not talking the Stingray. modern Corvette. Hold on. I'm not talking. So, I'm, you're right. I'm not thinking modern, but I'm not thinking 80s either. I'm probably thinking more 90s and early 2000s, and those those cars are just all over the place, and they're boring, and it's like 60-year-old guys that want to feel like they're rich and loaded, but really they're kind of just upper middle class and, you know, probably should, can't even afford the car anyways. And it's just, I don't, I don't care. It's not that impressive of a looking of, of a car. The, um, I'm looking at the C8. I have seen a couple of these and you're right. It, it does look much more impressive, mostly because it does not look like a Corvette. It doesn't. I mean, it actually, if I had to, it looks more like a Lamborghini. It's got like the big back end, but let me give you, let me find like in my mind, what a, what a Corvette is. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you the year and whatnot. Yeah, so I think it's going to be the C5 Corvettes. Looks like it's the era from 97 to 2004. That's kind of where I'm leaning. If you look at like a 2000 C5 Chevy Corvette, in my mind, that's that's what I'm picturing. The 2008 C6, I feel like I've never seen that in my life. That is the ugliest thing ever. It, ri- it reminds me of like a Miata <laughs> or something. What is that? From the front, anyways. I don't know. I, I guess from the from the rear, it kind of looks more familiar. But maybe it's just a weird angle of this picture. But yeah, that is not an attractive car, in my opinion. The C7s are looking a little bit more slick. This is kind of when you're getting into... But again, it kind of looking more like a different car to me. The 2015... I mean, yeah, it, it, it looks cool, but it, it doesn't feel like a Corvette to me. And then the C8s, again, it just looks like a Lamborghini. So, I mean, it, it kind of looks cool, but... Okay, <laughs> you're just ripping off a different car. Anyway, again, it's it's personal preference. It's you're you're into whatever you're into. I don't know. I, and if you talk about horsepower, I couldn't care less. I don't know. I know it's gonna lose to a to a Lamborghini. I'm I'm positive of that. I mean, you want to get some kind of souped up whatever. I'm just talking base model to base model. I don't mean to be picking on your car. If you're into that, that's fine. I'm, like I said, I'm not even much of a car guy. I just see somebody driving a Corvette, and it's like I I know you think you look cool. Maybe other people imp- are impressed by it. I just, I'm just not. I don't know. I'm sure it's a powerful car. That's great. I just would never, you know, if I had the money for that, I would get something else. I guess maybe that's what I'm, what I'm leaning toward. It's a great car, but I would never spend money on that. It's pretty killer. I was just really surprised you thought they were stupid, and maybe they are owned by a lot of like middle midlife crisis people. But yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with a car being bad or good. And that's fair. Maybe it's it's more of the the marketing of it and whatnot. I don't, I'm just telling you from my perspective, that's what I see. I see some 60 year old dude trying to look cool and it just doesn't look cool. And it's probably because, yeah, it's, it's all 60 year old dudes in that car. 
You know, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know the reason, and I certainly don't know what it's capable of as far as its engine and whatnot. And I also don't care. I'm just telling you that's my opinion when I see that car. Anyway, that was um, that was a big blow. I, I think I'm going to be able to muffle through it and uh, still listen to After Dark, but pretty tough. Well, do what you can. I'm sure you'll make a decision that's best for you and your family. I'm not sure why every person who calls in that knows a person named Justin is referring to me. I mean, there are other people in the world with that name. Just wanted to point that out. I don't know. That's uh, it's an interesting interesting conundrum. You got one more for us? Hey, Ryan's wife. Um, so my wife turned 40, and she was all like, don't get me anything. Like, I seriously don't want anything. And I'm like, what? And so I'm like, this can't be the easiest birthday ever where she really doesn't want, like, a big party or anything. Yeah. So that's why I need a little help. Is this just, like, girl code for, like, don't do something huge, but, yes, I still want something? So a little help. Thanks. Bye. So I will, I will text my wife right now, and we'll see what, uh, what she says. All right, I decided to call instead of texting because that would be easier. A um, couple points. Her first response right out of the gate is, oh, definitely. As in, definitely should do something. He said, she said, at least take her out somewhere nice and maybe get her something small. So that might be a nice little way to navigate both of these. Maybe, you know, especially if you don't actually buy her something. I don't know. I mean, take the advice however you want, but this way you're kind of doing both. Take her somewhere nice. You're still doing something for her birthday, but you're still honoring her wishes and not getting her something. Or again, just take my wife's advice and just get a little something small on top of it. As far as the girl code thing, she said, I don't know if it's girl code. She said, I, I would hope at age 40, we're kind of beyond girl code and you can kind of just talk and say, this is what I want. Fortunately, my wife has never had a problem with that. Not saying she doesn't have some like girl code tendencies where she's not fully saying what she wants to say. But when it comes to stuff like this, she will have no problem saying, here's, here's a list of what I want. And I want to go out to eat. And here's where I want to go out to eat. Same with that. Like I, I, I keep hearing everyone say that uh, their wives or women have such an issue saying where they want to go out to eat. My wife is not that person. Maybe once in a while she'll try to like see what everybody else wants, but she will happily just say this is where I want to go. So that's that's kind of a nice perk for me, I guess. So I don't know. There's the advice. Do with that what you will. Anyways, why don't we just take a break here? We got a couple more calls that have come in, at least three it looks like. So uh, this will be extended a tad, which is great. But uh, in the meantime, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. 
This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, uh, Ryan? Yep. Hey, this is Ryan? This is Ryan. Hey, Ryan? Hey, man. This is Scoop Sneed. What's going on, man? Um, yeah. My, my question today is, uh, have you ever had any serious injuries? Because okay. I've never been hurt real bad. I mean, like, I never broke a bone or nothing. I mean, uh, one time I uh, kind of fell and hit the bridge of my nose, and I gashed out open all the way to the bone. And... Um, Another time, I kind of fell down on my bike and had to get six stitches in the roof of my mouth. Yeah. And, yeah, and there was that one time I got hit right in the back of the head with a hatchet. Yeah. But I ain't never had a broken bone or hurt or nothing like that. Right. So I, I was just wondering if you ever had any injuries. All right. Thanks. Bye. Did they ever get the hatchet out? or? Um, anyways, um, stitches I've had, I think, three times. Nothing super major, but, you know. Got to get that taken care of. All three times I had to take myself to the hospital. Fortunately, once I was already at the hospital, I was at work at the hospital and just walked myself to the emergency department. Um, as far as like serious stuff, the only two is I broke my uh, my my leg once. Um, it was when I was probably four or five years old, probably. And um, we were living in an apartment and there was a swing set and all this stuff. And there was a teenager there who was going to try to fix it. And of course, teenager, when you're like five years old, he may as well have been like 40. But all the kids were from the complex were gathered around watching this dude do this. And he like wired it up and did all this stuff and thought it was fixed. And he said, all right, who wants to test it out? I was, I'm not kidding you. I was the only kid that did not raise his hand. I'm like, nope, I don't want that. Everybody else hand shot up. Like, yeah, I want to go swinging. Woo-hoo. Not me. I'm like, nope, I ain't doing that, dude. He picks me out. He points right at me. The one kid with his hand down and says, come here, come try this. Like, okay. I go wander over there. He does a big, like, giant push, and right at the top is when it snaps, and I come falling down and land out in the, I don't know, whatever it was they had, sand or whatever. And it was the kind of thing where it was just a different kind of pain that I never felt, and I knew it was serious, and I just screamed as loud as I possibly could. And even in my mind, I was like, this is probably a little overdramatic, but it's just one of those, like, panicked, oh, no, something's very wrong, I'm just going to scream things. So stepmom comes screaming out of there, carries me back in. 
Um, they did not want to take me to the doctor because it was kind of one of those, well, maybe he'll be okay. So um, I slept on the living room floor with my knee bent because I couldn't move my leg. And then the next day, my dad begrudgingly was like, all right, fine, I guess I'll take him to the doctor. So that was the one. And then, um, oh, the other was when I tore my ACL. That was in college, coming back from a party. Hey, man, check this out. It'll be awesome. Let's run up the front of this car and jump off the back of it. Well, that's exactly what I did. And I planted on my left leg and bent my knee back the wrong way and it tore my ACL. So that was the other thing. Never got that fixed. Um, I walked myself back to the dorms and it was, <laughs> I may have told this story already, but kind of funny because as I was, you know, in pain and flailing around, I accidentally smacked the girl next to me, like in the nose or whatever. And she started crying. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, do you understand how much pain I'm in? Like, can you get over it? And then my buddy Baxter was there and ended up, so she got carried home. She got smacked in the nose and she got carried home. And I'm walking with my torn ACL and my knee blown up the size of Jupiter. And um, yeah, I, I had to go to class the next day. So I was like hopping on one foot and it was ice outside. I remember that. So I, I eventually decided after a day or two to go down to the little health clinic thing. It's not a hospital. They don't have anything. But she's like, yeah, you probably tore your ACL. So here's some crutches and you should probably go get that checked out. And I didn't. I just went on crutches until it started to feel better, re-injured it about a dozen times because the knee's not stable and it kept popping out of place, whatever. Finally got an MRI probably like two, three years later, and they're like, yeah, that's completely tore off. Should probably get surgery, and then I just never did because I didn't feel like it. So there you go. Hello, Ryan. This is Thomas Austin. What's up? Uh, calling in with another fiver yeah. because uh, you know, you're off the hook for a good chunk of that one yesterday, like I said earlier. So. Yeah. Just trying to get you caught up with these questions. That's fair. Um, before I ask them, I know I'm on a 10-second timer and all, but yeah. let me just break that real quick. So whenever I call in, uh, sometimes I have questions that I've written down. Sometimes it's just like, oh, I have a good question to go, and then I just circle whatever's in my head at the time. Sometimes I just call in and I go randomly for it, like right now. Yeah. Uh, so Here's the first one. Yeah. Uh, no topics this time. Just going off the head. Perfect. Um, so somewhere in the multiverse, there is a Ryan Schlipp who fell in love with the Bears, the Vikings, Lions, 49ers, Rams, whatever. Okay. I want to hear what a little bit of the uh, Bears next <laughs> uh, host, Ryan Schlipp, would talk about the Bears and try and bump them up a little bit because they're not having a good time. Uh, so if you could do that, it would be wonderful for our question. Question number two. Boy, um, what would I be talking about right now? I think the perspective would largely be around they're not where they need to be, but they're headed in the right direction, right? Roquan's probably on his way out. Good. You know, all due respect to Roquan and everything he's done, but that's not how you build a franchise, and we don't need to be, you know, paying for the tab of the last administration. We hired this guy because the last guy sucked, so why are we sticking with his old decisions? Um, we should have faith in Justin Fields. He ended the season strong. He's had a good camp. There's every reason to believe that he's making progress. He had a great preseason, in my opinion. Didn't do much, but still. I thought it was, you know, some of those throws were super on point, so he's looking great. Tevin Jenkins appears to be making strides. The offensive line, still terrible, but that's something that we can work on in the future, hopefully very near future. Um, we've got Darnell Mooney, who just keeps getting better every single week. We've got a great running back. We're building this defense. Jaquan Briskers looking great. So I don't know how many games we win, but ultimately it doesn't matter. So let the Packers fans and Vikings fans and Lions fans talk all the trash that they want to talk. Doesn't matter. We'll grin and bear it. We will endure it because we, unlike everybody else, are building in the right way. Unlike the Vikings, 
who are hanging on to this deadweight quarterback who are getting older by the day, unlike the Packers who are clinging on to Aaron Rodgers because they can't bear to live a day without him. They can't bear to face a reality that does not encapsulate Aaron Rodgers as the the quarterback because they know their team will fall apart and they will no longer be the heads of the NFC North, blah, blah, blah. And unlike the Lions, who are the Lions and will never be anything, we are building in the correct direction. Something like that. I don't really know. Just, just off the top of my head. Who is the best team to be drafted to? Because if I was drafted, like if I was in football, yeah. went to college, got all that taken care of, and then boom, bam, bam, I'm in for the draft. And if I get drafted by the Packers, I wouldn't be too happy. There's a lot of shoes to fill. There's a lot of expectations that come right out of the gate because the Packers are such a well you know, storied franchise that if you get drafted by them, you have large expectations. So who's the best team to be drafted by? Question number three. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, th- I think if you drop the fandom aspect of it, um, Green Bay would be one of the worst teams just because, you know, as much as I'm kind of a shut-in, if I had that much money, I'd be doing stuff for sure. And the opportunity to be in an awesome place with a lot to do, I mean, for example, I'm young, handsome, and rich. And I get the opportunity to live in Miami, Florida. Oh, my goodness. Tampa, Florida. I would not want to be in Chicago. I think New York is a little much for me. I mean, you know, I, I could probably get over it. But you're, you're kind of like you're, you're, you know, in New Jersey. And then I'd be Ubering around a lot because I don't want to drive in that traffic. But you get to go to some nice restaurants and stuff. But I, I think New York would be too much. Cali teams. Vegas. Vegas might be a little too too dangerous. Plus, there's not that much to do. I mean, I, I know that sounds ridiculous, but outside of just debauchery, what are you doing? You're going to go to like the beautiful Las Vegas Aquarium? You're going to go see a sh- I mean, there, there are a lot of shows, but outside of Broadway shows, you know, I mean, it's, 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 I guess I, I'm not, I shouldn't pretend to know what's in Vegas, but how many like casinos and stuff can you go to before it's like, all right, we've done that. But you know, Los Angeles, there, there could be worse things. I'm not saying I'd necessarily want to live in California, but beautiful weather. You're basically a celebrity amongst celebrities. Get a nice beach house, maybe. I don't know if you you probably got to wait for that second contract to get a nice house out there. I guess that's the one nice thing about Green Bay is is the cost of living. You know, that first contract, you go ahead and buy yourself the nicest house in uh, in town. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all for Tampa or Miami. I think would be the the obvious choices. But even Atlanta would be cool. Dallas wouldn't be terrible. New Orleans, maybe. I don't know. That might be a little much. So you know, three. If you had the physical ability, the prowess, the talent, the skills of a football, NFL star football player mm-hmm. position, what would it be? What would be your position where you just get all the ability, talent, and just physical acclimate from it? Uh, fourth question. Wait. So are you asking that? I don't. I'm not playing football. I just take all of their talents for my own personal life. What would I choose to do or be? Or are you asking what would I want to play in football? We'll go with the first part. Um, I don't. I mean, it. Most of it would just be wasted on me. So I guess you kind of just want to look good. You know, they're all strong for the most part. They're all pretty jacked. So not offensive or defensive linemen. So I. I yeah. I mean, wide receiver would be cool. You know, catching stuff as as like a parlor trick. You're fast, you can jump high, shredded, whole nine yards. So I guess that, I don't, I think if that's your question. Uh, if you could have a soundtrack playing in your life, <laughs> only you can hear it. So like if something gets serious, lighthearted, if something's stalking you in the dark, like a puma, 
you never know. Uh, would you do it? And if so, who would you like it to be done by? Finally. I swear your questions have so many twists and turns. Like I keep thinking I know what you're saying and then it's something else. Like if you could have a soundtrack, like, okay, what song do I want playing as my soundtrack? And then you start laying out scenarios like, oh, is this like scenario specific? Like I have to pick, or maybe I'm just picking a scenario. Like if someone's chasing me, then certain music will play so that I know they're chasing me. And then ultimately the question is, who do I want to do the soundtrack? Like what? Okay. Um, I, I have no idea, man. Who's the guy that did, uh, somebody that's done a lot of soundtracks. What, uh, John Williams? Is that the guy? Did uh, Heidi, Fiddler on the Roof, Jaws, Star Wars Episode Four. Jaws 2, Superman, Star Wars Episode 5, Indiana Jones, E.T., Star Wars 6, another Indiana Jones, seems like all the Indiana Jones, Home Alone, some good stuff, Hook, Home Alone 2, Jurassic Freaking Park, Schindler's List, I mean, this has got to be the guy, right? Saving Private Ryan, all the Jurassic Parks, The Patriot, Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, Harry Potter, so... Yeah, I I think that's the guy. If you had the ability to silence a fan base of anything for a whole month, and this recharges every month, so say you start off with the Bears, and then next month you get to cancel the the Buffalo Bills fans. You get to silence the fan base. Who would be your first one? All right. Bye. Um, I might have to go with 49ers. Uh, not, not that I've even heard anything from them, but I don't mind everybody chirping that can't back it up. You know, Bears fans can talk all they want. I'm, I, it, it's so much fun because they're terrible. You know, it's fine. Uh, Vikings have nothing to hang their hat on. Nobody has anything to actually brag about. Now, again, it gets to recharge. So if we lose to the Vikings, then, you know, that'd be a good time to shut them down for a month, you know? But, um, right now the 49ers are a team that I despise. I don't, care for their fans. I don't want to hear any of their chirping and they can back it up because they knocked us out of the playoffs like 75 times and they just beat us in the preseason, which shouldn't matter, but it's still a thing. So yeah, if they could just disappear, which again, I don't really hear from them at all as it is, but uh, I don't want to. So that would be my pick. So uh, I think that was the end of it, right? Yeah, that was it. Hi, Pack Daddy. Hey. Packer Super Fan here. What's up? Um, just wanted to follow up on your uh, your, uh, your discussion about Jordan Love um, this morning, I guess, have been the, your podcast from yesterday that you recorded yesterday. Yep. Yeah, I don't uh, – I'm with you. I mean, I, I've, been a, I've been a big Jordan Love fan from day one. Um, I love the pick of Jordan Love. Um for, for more reasons than just the fact that he was a potential replacement for Aaron Rodgers. Um, at the time, Aaron Rodgers absolutely needed a kick in the ass. And it's pretty clear to me that, you know, the reason Aaron Rodgers decided to start uh, performing at a higher level, because um, everybody's got to remember, Aaron Rodgers was on a downtrend yes. for quite a, quite a few years. I mean, he was not playing very well um, towards the end of the Mike McCarthy era. And that, you know, Gutekunst with that pick was brilliant to take love because that's exactly what Mr. Chip on a shoulder Rogers needed was a kick in the butt. And it clearly worked because he has two MVPs to show for it. So 
I don't care if Jordan Love doesn't play a down in the regular season the rest of his career. That was a good pick by, by Gutekunst, and I don't care what anybody says. Um, just like to get your comments on that. And then, um, I guess... Let's pause there. I, I personally am not giving Gutekunst that much credit. I like Brian Gutekunst. I give him a lot of credit for a lot of things. The super genius, we're going to draft a quarterback because then we'll get two MVP seasons out of Aaron Rodgers thing. I mean, maybe that's what happened, but I certainly am not going to give Goot that much credit because that's that's some serious next level <laughs> stuff there. I think they they picked him because they liked him, and it was mostly from my recollection. It was Matt Lafleur that really really liked the guy, and I'm sure they were dreading it. They really did not want to have to do it, but they wanted to stay true to their process, and so they drafted the guy that um, was the highest on their board, and the coach really likes him, and a lot of the other guys like Justin Jefferson and everybody else that we really like. They're gone, so we got to do what we got to do and pull the trigger. So that's kind of where I fall on that particular facet of the subject. The only, I would like to ask another question, too, um, kind of off subject a little bit. Who is your celebrity female crush? No man crushes here. <laughs> who is your celebrity female crush? Love to hear it. Big spec, Daddy. Uh, I don't think I can touch that one, to be honest. Um, even if I had an answer, and I don't think I do. I'm trying to think when I was younger who it would have been, and I really don't, I don't know. The only thing that slightly comes to mind was way back in the day, there was a gymnast. So I was like middle school, maybe early high school, but I think middle school. And there was a very, like at the time, she was very, very good. I don't, I don't even remember her name anymore. But I know at the time I had the thought of like, you know, we're roughly the same age. I wonder what the odds are that we end up together when I get married. I probably have to accomplish something in order for that to happen. But you never know. That's the only thing I could think of. Hey, Ryan. Joe. Hey, Joe. Janitor from Connecticut. Hope the kids are okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm a middle school janitor. I hate my job. <laughs> hate my wife. Sorry to and laugh. I hate these kids. <laughs> so know. this morning... Oh no! I um, spent half of the day snaking out a toilet in the girls' bathroom. Doesn't sound fun. Apparently, this school doesn't teach these kids how to read. Yeah. Because it says clearly in every stall, do not flush. You can tell I'm pretty angry. Yeah. Anyway, so I got a question for you. Maybe alleviate some of this anger. Okay. Um, it's really not football related, but I do love the Green Bay Packers, but I really don't want to talk about them right now. Okay. So, how about this? Out of all the insurance uh, mascots on TV, you know, you got the All State State guy, State Farm, um, you know, Affleck, you know, the the, the duck, duck yeah. and. Um, you know, who would win in a fight? Which one of these mascots? You got Hulk Hogan from uh, General. Yeah, pretty sure he's kind of washed up. Um, is Hulk doing the duck General would definitely get his ass whooped. Shaq State Farm guy's pretty bad. That, that, that deep voice is kind of scary. Um, uh, maybe, maybe Geico, the lizard guy, you know? Um, pretty much people say lizards are uh, lizard people run the world. They do Maybe say that. Geico guy from Magic Spell. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Anyway, hey, 
No, maybe we could second that. I'll, I'll give you a Packers question. All right, all uh, right. hold on. <laughs> first of all, let me go back and bleep the entire first couple seconds of your <laughs> your question. All right, I found I found a solution. Sorry, man. Nobody wanted to, <laughs> nobody wanted to hear that. Not even me. Um. Anyways, I got to give it to Shaq, man. I know that sounds boring because we got like other creatures and whatnot, but Shaq is such a freak. I mean, he, he really is just one of these superhuman beings. I, I think it really flies under the radar how strong he is. And I don't think it's because he's over there, like, powerlifting. He's, he's, he really is built like the giant, where I don't think he has to lift a single weight. Not saying he hasn't or doesn't, but he doesn't have to. His, his genetics are just insane. One of the craziest things I've seen is they had um, a professional arm wrestler, one of the best in the world, go up against Shaq. And he's, he does this a lot. He goes up against guys that are just super jacked or whatever because it's a, it is about strength, but obviously there's a lot of technique involved. So he goes up against these massive human beings as like media things or whatever, and he, he ends up beating them. And he went up against Shaq, and he just about lost. Shaq doesn't know what he's doing. I'm not saying he's never arm wrestled in his life, but he, I mean, he just he had his suit on and everything because he's a, I don't know, I don't know if he was a guest or a, a host or whatever at the time. He just rips his coat off, sticks his big old bear paw up there, and he just about beats the guy. Just first time ever up against one of the best in the world, Devin Larratt, and just about rips his arm off. I mean, he he is another level kind of human being. So yeah, you put him up against a, a gecko, a duck, and um, Flo, he will knock Flo's head off, dude. Flo doesn't stand a chance. By the way, why is she still a thing? I don't understand that. I don't get Flo. There's all these things that kept coming. You know, Flo was, I, I thought Flo would be like a one-week thing. You know, this new character's on there, and they try it out, and it's not great, and then they move on to something else. She's been around forever. She's never going away, and I don't get why. I don't understand the Flo thing, but whatever. Anyway, sorry, continue. Um, out of all the coaches in the NFC North, yeah, who would whoop who's Right. I'm going to say LaFleur's probably going to get beat up pretty good. Yeah. Um, by Dan Campbell, but right. I don't know. You pick. Let me know. Hey, thanks for listening. It's your biggest fan. This is Dan. <laughs> Adios. Shalom. Thanks, Dan. So let's just get this out of the way. Dan Campbell's on the top of the pecking order. I don't know who can fight and who can't fight, so I'm going based off physical stature, and Dan Campbell's a freak, right? He's a roided up animal. He drinks like six coffees before he gets his pants on in the morning. So he's top of the pecking order. I'm kind of tempted to put Matt Eberflus on the bottom. You know, something about being a Chicago Bear, being a defensive guy, you kind of think, oh man, he's probably probably pretty pretty strong. You look at the guy, eh, he looks like he likes his salads and, uh, you know, watching some late night TV and whatnot. You know, not so much of a gym rat. He's got kind of that skinny fat thing going on. So really, at that point, it's kind of a toss-up between Kevin O'Connell and, and Matt LaFleur. Both of them were quarterbacks back in the day, both roughly the same age. Uh, Kevin O'Connell's 37, Matt LaFleur's 42. They both seem to keep in shape. Here's the thing, though. Matt LaFleur is a smaller in-shape guy that played for the Billings Outlaws. Kevin O'Connell is a 37-year-old who is six foot five, 226 pounds, Played for the Patriots, the Lions, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Jets again, and then the Chargers. He also looks like he has a jaw that was chiseled from steel. So Kevin O'Connell is second. So we got Lions guy, roided out, jacked up freak. Kevin O'Connell, who looks like he could take a punch from a sledgehammer and probably deliver 
a, a decent one as well. Matt LaFleur, who's smaller dude, but he's an athlete. He's in shape. Can probably handle himself. And then Matt Eberflus, who, um, you know, I mean, he's, he seems tall. He's probably got a, probably got some reach with that jab. But, um, yeah, not, not the most athletic figure I've ever seen. Great question. Hey, Ryan. Um, I was hoping you could talk to me about play calling. So, oh, no, I can't. Um, are you generally satisfied with um, the Packers' play calling under LaFleur? Or is there some plays you're frustrated with that you wish would just go away? And do you have a favorite play? Like, you just love seeing them run every time. And don't cop out and be like, whatever puts points on the board. I'm talking entertainment value, what makes sense to you. So, obviously, putting points on the board is priority one. But I'm talking about, you know, as you see things being called, as you see kind of habits formed under the floor. What's your uh, what's your take? How you liking it? What don't you like? What would you change? Thanks. No, I mean under McCarthy, I had a lot of gripes. Under Matt Lafleur, I don't think I really have any. To be completely honest, I know some people are going to have some, but I really don't. I think the offensive system that he's running works. I think as a sort of casual fan, I would love to see a little bit more creativity with the offense, but I think that's just me being stupid. You know, I mean it's 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 just because I want to see cool stuff. It's not based on, I know that running more jet sweeps is going to open up the defense, Bob. It's none of that, right? It's because it looks cool, and I want to crush a team with having a guy like Christian Watson run an end around for 40 yards. And on top of that, the, the other benefit is, is you're adding more to your playbook because we have more pieces that work really well, and it's harder to stop us because we can do so many other things. That would be nice. Add to the repertoire. And I'm sure there's issues, but I, I haven't identified anything in particular. You know, for example, the Packers for, I don't know, probably felt like 20 years, their favorite thing to do was run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. It was always run, run, pass. They never, never, never would do anything else. It drove me absolutely insane. Mike McCarthy was obs- with his obsession of pushing the ball down the field, especially on third and one. Let's, let's empty the backfield, go five wide and bring it, you know. Oh, and then what do you know? They brought pressure. That's crazy. Who would have thought that they would bring pressure after we emptied the backfield? And, oh, look, we got a sack and lost seven yards, and now we're out of field goal range. It was the most frustrating, ridiculous thing in the world. The complete lack of attention to the run game, period. But I don't have any real frustration with Matt LaFleur up to this point or with his play calling. Um, maybe somebody could probably bring up one or two things that are escaping me that that might jog my memory of a few things that are that are... Uh, somewhat annoying, but I really can't think of anything. Again, if anything, it would just be, I would like to see a little bit more, but I, I like the balance. I like the overall philosophy, and I most of all love that it works. So, um, you know, can complain about fourth down calls or whatever. I don't know. I, I really don't, really don't have an issue up to this point. Hello, Ryan. Awesome. Going on, player. Here, I need to come up with a nickname. Actually, you know what? First question. Outside of Pack Daddy for the regular podcast, what should be your nickname for Packing Out After Dark? I'm thinking Ryan, actually a Justin Fields lover of his play. Slip. <laughs> Fit perfectly. Question number two. All right. I wasn't sure if that was a real question or not that you wanted me to answer it if you just wanted to call me a Fields lover. Um, first of all, is this thing up all the way? Because I can barely hear you. Um, it is. If you honestly want a different nickname to call me, call me GK. That's been my nickname since high school. So that would be the, uh, to this day, 
friends still call me GK or G or whatever. So that would be the thing if you want to go that route. Um, who is on your Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks that are not Packers? Question number three. Um, again, we're getting into like history stuff. Um, so I'll, I'll just keep it personal. I'm not even going to try to pretend to know who the best in all of history have been. And I'll just say from, from my lifetime, the guys that I remember being amazing. Um, unfortunately, Tom Brady does have to be on the list. I can't possibly conceive of a list that he wouldn't be on. Um, I need three more. It would have to be between, you know, you got Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, and then you got Elway and Marino. Aikman, I know some people are cringing at this, but I'm just saying, you know, I was a kid in the 90s, man. These were the big names. Um, Jim Kelly was a good quarterback. I never really, I don't remember the Jim Kelly hype back in the day. I'm not going to put Mahomes up there. He hasn't certainly done enough. At that. Maybe he'll end his career that way, but I think that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. Again, I know there's a lot of guys from earlier eras that are being left off, but that's kind of where I'm at. So I've got one, two, three, four five and I have to pick three. So I think I'm going to, I want to drop Troy Aikman, but I I distinctly remember back in the day feeling like he was the best quarterback. It was probably more to do with having the best team, but I I just, for some reason that name was like up there. However, I'm going to officially put Dan Marino on the list because the parallels between him and Aaron Rodgers kind of makes me feel like I'm putting Aaron Rodgers on there. Being a guy that maybe doesn't quite have the Super Bowls, but was seen as like one of the best throwers of the football. So Brady, Marino, oh man. And I'll just do Montana Elway, I guess. Although, should I, I should probably put Peyton Manning on there. I think I will, because I have more personal experience with Peyton. And Peyton kind of reminds me of a Brett Favre. And I, I know they're very different, but the thing that I always loved about Brett Favre was kind of an understated thing, because he was seen as a big idiot, but how intelligent he was. And I just remember like my dad telling me, when he makes a check at the line, it's game over. And that was true with Brett Favre. And that was true of Peyton Manning, probably more than anybody else. Probably the most intelligent quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Right, Tom Brady, it's all about tenacity. Aaron Rodgers, it's all about arm talent. Peyton Manning, that giant forehead is holding something, and it is a massive brain. That dude would do stuff at the line, completely change everything. He he is a technician. So Brady, Marino, Manning. I feel like I just want to throw a giant wrench in this so I don't have to pick between the other ones. Probably go Montana, I guess. I mean, you, you got the Super Bowls. You got the talent. You got the offensive just insane weaponry to go along with the talent to go along with the accolades so I'll, I'll go with montana again not my kind of question but i'll, I'll do my best in that similar vein oh, of going old, like all time how do you think bart star no don't do this to me would, sir, would do if he was thrust into today's play same thing with let's go amon green Look, I mean, anytime you go with an old school player and bring him into today, you have to put him through the filter. And, and you know, I, I always think of it as there's, there's got to be some kind of a, an era translator. Nobody from back then is really going to be able to compete today. That's not because they're lesser human beings or they're more stupid or they're more whatever. They didn't have, there wasn't the money, there wasn't the training, there wasn't, everything builds off of everything else. Our understanding today is built off of generations of learning and doing and all that stuff on top of science and everything else coming in with nutrition and exercise and specifically training for these kinds of things, as well as changing the, the offensive and defensive schemes, everything is building on top of everything else. So take who he was as a human being and the talent he had 
But as a child, put them in peewee football and bring them up through the ranks and teach them all these things, you know, the same way everybody else did. To learn the same way everyone else did, what would he be? It's really hard to answer that question, which is why I, I tend to think, although it's not a perfect way of doing it, generally assume that as good as he was in the era then is as good as he would be in the era today. Now, I think because there's a lot more money, you're going to find a lot more people getting involved in it. There's also just more people generally, but the competition is through the roof. The training for it is more intensive. And when you get a bigger pool, right, you probably had back in the day when nobody made money in football, way more talented people that had no interest in football. They're out working on the docks or something, or they're playing baseball. So there is that element as well. But I I don't know. And I I don't know that there's any way to really do it. So I, I tend to just look at their accomplishment in that era for what it is. Not that they were worse back then, but it's just a different, it's a different thing entirely. There's almost no way to compare. And so his accomplishments are worth just the same weight in my mind as they are. Maybe slightly less because, again, the, the competition lo- level was lower, but it's worth the same amount of weight. So, you know, if he was the, the Russell Wilson of his day, then that's what he is today, I guess. I don't know. Then you said to do the same thing with him. I'm on, you know, that's a little bit different because it's very similar. And I think it probably does more directly translate. So I do think he would be a really solid running back. I don't, I don't think, and I, I guess I don't know because there's different styles, but you, you've got different styles of running backs even in the NFL today. And you, you've got the big power backs that can succeed. You know, Derrick Henry gets it done. A.J. Dillon gets it done. Maybe not in the same way, but they still get it done. You still got speed guys. You still got all these different guys that play football. So I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to rank him. I don't know where he, he's 13th, I guess. I don't know. But I, I, I think even without the quote-unquote translator, I think he'd be okay. Love that, man. But what would you say of those two? And I'm, I'll make this a weekly thing where I just pick two random people. How <laughs> do, do you think not. they would do in the current climate of the NFL? Question number four. You and four Packers are going ghost hunting. Okay. And one, I like that guy's question the other day. Yeah. And one person from the Packernet and then one caller to go ghost hunting. Who are you taking? Four Packers, one caller, and one co-colleague. Let's go with that word. Okay. Uh, and then finally. All right. <sighs> We're ghost hunting. Again, Goose makes sense because I need you to be quiet. <laughs> Silence is important in all these um, that's, that's an option. What else do you need to go ghost hunting? I, I, I think I am going to go with Goose because I can't really think of what else anybody else could possibly bring. This is going to be a hard one because what, what do you need when you're ghost hunting other than be quiet and read the instruments? But we're ghost hunting. See, so I, I don't, I don't know much about that. I'm, I'm picturing like Ghostbusters where we're actively seeking them out and then we've got these things to like trap them and blast them and do all those kinds of things, which is more of a sciencey thing than like a, a physical brute force kind of thing. But I know one Packer player that has to be on the list is Sammy Watkins, because he would have a lot of experience with with uh, this type of stuff. Aaron Rodgers makes sense. Very intelligent. Also seems to be into the otherworldly things. Uh, Christian Watson, again, just because apparently he's super intelligent, so he needs to read gauges and stuff. I don't know. He'll figure it out. And then um, I think I'm going to go with, let's go Caleb Jones. The six foot nine, two hundred and uh, or three hundred and seventy pound offensive tackle, and the only reason I say that is if things get a little hairy, I need to believe that I can outrun somebody, and I'm hopeful that I can outrun Caleb Jones. You know, if if this is like a demon possession situation, 
or even a Slimer situation, uh, there's got to be somebody left behind. And where we're at currently with Christian Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and um, Sammy Watkins, I would be the guy that ends up getting left behind. And I don't want that. So Caleb Jones is is uh, ghost bait. Sammy Watkins is the resident expert in all things extraterrestrial. Uh, Rodgers is sort of the co-expert slash intelligent meter reader. Christian Watson is the uh, the official scientist of the group. Goose is there to be quiet um, and not make a lot of noise. And then for a caller, I feel like Justin has a lot of, or not Justin, uh, Joe, excuse me, has a lot of pent-up anger. And um, maybe some of the ghosts are ch- children ghosts. And I just feel like he would really enjoy a nice vacation to get away from the kids and go murder um, somewhat sentient beings. Not exactly sure how that works, but um, we'll go with Joe, man. He's 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 kind of angry, and he needs to he needs to go destroy something. So we'll we'll take him to go ghost hunting. There we go. Number five is how'd you sleep last night? Do you have any dreams? <laughs> All right. I had, now that you mentioned I had a, a weird dream that involved, like, punching. I just remember, like, I kept getting into fights or, or preparing for fights and, like, gearing up for, like, you know, let's, like, I, I kept wanting to get into, like, I wanted to go boxing at one point, right? That was, like, the thing. Like, I want to go and I just want to punch somebody and I want to get punched. And then it was, like, a street fight. And it, it's just, like, every, it's, like, where you kind of wake up and then you fall back into a new dream. And every new dream had something to do with um, getting punched. I don't know. So I guess I slept fine. All right, Pack Daddy Slip. It is Jacob Bus here. So, I am here to talk about two things. Tom Offit. No, not Tom Offit. Anyway, um, <laughs> just wondering if you've seen the new drugs on steroids. Like Drugs on steroids? Like, like a steroid that's on another steroid or what? Technological system that... Uh, Rob Demosky, I believe, uh, tweeted out. Oh, jugs. I thought you said drugs on steroids. I was like, dang, we got drugs on drugs? That's crazy stuff. It basically looks like it's a computer system slash jugs machine that can mimic specific quarterbacks' trajectory, their speed, their velocity, the angle. Heck yeah. I mean, apparently this thing is like the next level where if if you use it as a D-back, a safety, even as a wide receiver – saves Aaron Rodgers from they can mimic Aaron Rodgers throws without having him throw 10,000 throws in, in, in a month or kind of, kind of thing. So that just to me blows my mind. Uh, the robots are taking over kind of thing. Also. Um, All right. We'll stop there. Cause you're, I think you're moving on to the next thing. My, my first thought, first of all, this is awesome, but shame on everything in the NFL for not having come up with this already, because it seems kind of basic as futuristic and awesome as it is, why wouldn't this already be a thing to have like computers that can simulate other quarterbacks and be able to do these kinds of things beyond that shame on every NFL team, specifically the Packers. Cause that's the one I want to win for not exclusively having these. I'm sure it's not expensive. What, what is it like 10 grand? So what get 10 of them? I, I, I don't understand. Do you know how much work you could get done? You got so many guys standing around waiting their turn. Like when they were doing uh, kick returns, it's one at a time. You got Romeo Dobbs, he's doing it. He's got his one. You know, and it's cool because it's, they've got like the, it's almost like a barrel of a gun, like a revolver, but it's got football. So it's like, you can shoot them out like at at 
speed. But anyways, it's one after the other. But you got Amari sitting back there waiting his turn. Forget his turn. Line these things up and get everybody that's going to be doing returns out there. And all the receivers and tight ends, guess what? Go run the route. We don't care how many quarterbacks we have because we've got a machine that can pretend to be your quarterback. And yeah, we need the quarterbacks to get reps too. That's fine. They can also be that machine throwing. You know, you take your turn with the robot. All right, you're up with Rodgers. Go be with Rodgers. But no standing around. We're going to get a lot of work in with these things. We're going to like triple our production and, and the amount of time we're getting in. And if you got wide receivers or something doing something else, you could have start doing, um, you know, DT ball swatting drills, you know, get your hands up. So yeah, that, that, that was, um, that is a very cool machine. And I know they have lots and lots of money as a football team. And I think they just need to get a bunch more of those and they need to capitalize on the opportunities, not just one. And let's just use it for kick return. Forget that, dude. I want 10 right now, hundred grand, 10 of these. There is a movie on Netflix called Day Shift, where it's Jimmy Fox and Snoop Dogg uh, hunt vampires. I heard about it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I did not think that I would like it. I watched it. It's a good movie, man. See, this, I almost think this is like the first episode or second episode somebody brings this up. And I shrugged it off. And now you're bringing it back, you know, how, you know, I don't know. This is like episode 30 to like a month later. So I guess I got to watch it. I don't know. It's not a great movie at all. Right. I shouldn't even say it's a good movie. It's a watchable movie that you exactly get what you think. Snoop Dogg comes out and... Well, now I don't want to watch it. What do you... Why are you... Oh. Nowhere he's smoking joints. Uh, he has really corny one-liners that are just two 90s. It's, it's, like, it's like a 90s good feel movie. So I don't know. Watch it. Is it like half-baked with vampires? Because I don't want to watch that. I mean, I liked Half Baked when I was a teenager in the 90s. I thought it was a funny thing, but it's not something I want to watch right now. It's, it's good enough. Good action scenes, good fighting scenes, horrible dialogue. Right. Funny enough, good enough. Anyways, thanks, Tom. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm confused as to that recommendation. I was, I was all in, and you're like, dude, I didn't think it was going to be good. It really was good, except actually it wasn't good at all it was barely watchable and kind of cheesy and corny but there were some good scenes in it now i don't know if i want to watch it or not we'll see how it goes i got a long list to get through welcome to homestar 104 president but by me for city council to the inflation are you tired of black tires and Deshaun watson but for homestar 104 for homestar is a vote for shame like Marcus Mariota said, man, I need some bitch boys. I approve this message, and I am Homestar Wado. All right, well, there you go. He has officially launched his campaign. I told the guy to get a hobby, and I meant woodworking. He decided to run for city council or president or whatever he's running for, but uh, Homestyle Runner, would you mind telling us where you're running? Because I don't, I mean, I could write you in, but if you're not in my city, I don't think you could. That would go very well. So let us know what city you're running for city council, and we'll see if we can get you uh, get you get you in office there. Hey Ryan, it's Garrett. Hey, after I had said that, uh, it sounded a lot better in my head than when I after I said it. And I, there's no take backs when you call in. There's no delete this message. So uh, my bad. You're good, man, because I literally don't know what we're talking about. Secondly, um, looking ahead. I really am curious what you think the between Winfrey, 
and Watson, who hasn't even practiced yet, and Dobbs, who is going to start seeing a lot more passes to him in the preseason after Dobbs's, you know, drops and everything. I really believe, I think, we're going to start seeing uh, more breakout from Amari Rogers and, and Winfrey. I think Dobbs will start seeing his targets, but maybe they might start going down a little bit. I'm just kind of curious to see if he can resolve these drops. But uh, I have faith in him because I know Adams had the same problem, and people were on him for a couple of years, and he finally broke out of it. So I have faith in him that he can do it. It just I think maybe in this preseason we might start seeing some other guys see some more touches and help them determine who's going to make the cut. Because I really honestly I do like Davis a lot. I know he doesn't have a chance except maybe the practice squad, but man, he looks he does look good. So I know it's preseason, but man. Some of these flashes of how some of these guys are playing, it just kind of makes you a little bit excited. All right, have a good one, Ryan. Yeah, so it is kind of congested in there. Um, it's kind of similar to the running backs where everybody has their own set of positives and negatives. Um, for example, Dobbs, Watson, and Winfrey. Winfrey is somebody that the team really likes, Rodgers really likes, is comfortable with, but I think has a pretty low ceiling. I think we've he's, he's at his ceiling. Um Dobbs obviously has the trust. He has the the ability, the talent, but the drops are an issue. And then Watson is the guy that everybody wants to do well. He was the one that was drafted almost in the first round. Um, they traded up for him. They want him to be a big factor and a big part of this offense. That was the expectation, but he hasn't really had any time. And then you even threw in Amari possibly breaking out, which could cloud things up a little bit more. But I, I think as of right now, it's Dobbs is still significantly ahead of Winfrey. I just think he's too talented of a player right now. And I'm, I'm not projecting his career or anything like that. I don't know what he's going to be. But as of right now, he's winning big time. And when you see Romeo Dobbs streaking down the field wide open with no safety help, you're going to throw the ball. And I don't think we're to the point yet where, you know, he's had such serious drops. Again, even last week, the one pass that was on target for the touchdown, he caught. All the on-target passes were caught. Some of the ones where he had to kind of twist and contort his body and low and away and behind and all that, he dropped those. I think the, the two passes he dropped were, were behind him. Still his job to, to do it, but um, again, you see that guy streaking down the field, 50-yard touchdown, you're going you're gonna to uncork that thing. Um, and Watson, we have no idea. I mean, he, he may come in and just not have a hang for it and just is not going to get any opportunities, or he may come out like Dobbs did and crush it, and he's, he's right there in the competition, so I don't know. Um, I don't really expect a ton from Amari. I'm excited about Amari, and I like what he's going to do, but I don't, I don't see him as competing necessarily. I mean, he's, he's just in a different category as a slot guy and being behind Randall Cobb. Um, and maybe he gets more opportunities than Randall. I don't really know, but he's not really competing with anybody. He lives on the inside. So I, I think Dobbs is the guy right now. He, he's the one that's just tearing everything up all through training camp. He was open constantly in that preseason game. I don't think anybody else really was. I didn't see Amari really get open. They may have. They just, I just didn't see it. Um, Winfrey maybe once or twice. DeGuara maybe had a step on the guy, but I, you know, nobody's really doing what Dobbs is doing right now. So it's really just a question of what is Christian Watson going to look like when he comes back? That's going to be the biggest determinant for me. And uh, Garrett's got his second question. I think we're done for the day after this one. What's up, man? Hey, Ryan, this is your office wife. Oh my I just wanted to call and ask you what you want for Christmas. What is an office wife? What does that even mean? Uh, my choices that I'm giving you are A, a signed Justin Fields jersey. Okay. B, vegetable of the month 
vegetable basket from Athletic Greens. Okay. See a director's cut DVD of Roadhouse. Yeah. Let me know because I'm doing my Christmas shopping early this year, Ryan. And when you come back to work, please clean the microwave. Stop cooking tuna in the microwave. Have a good one, Ryan. <laughs> we got to end it like that, huh? Um, yeah, give me the give me the Roadhouse DVD would be fine. Thanks. You just never know, man. You just never know. Thanks again to uh, all the callers. Again, I put it out on Twitter that we're a little bit short, and we ended up getting five more calls, so obviously not a short episode today. But thanks to everybody, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.